When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Oh, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 124 of Flow Wrestling Radio Live. I'm your host, Christian Piles. Joined as always by my mainest man, Willie Sailor. Willie, what's going on? You starting to GoFundMe? I'm starting to GoFundMe for a haircut. <laughs> for your haircut? Mm-hmm. Nice, nice. They're out of control. Ain't you, you have a pretty strong take about GoFundMe pages right now? I mean, they're just everywhere. They're all they're over just... the place. You can't you can't yeah, get on never... social media without someone fundraising for their daughter's sweet sixteen birthday party. <laughs> right? Like Janelle's gotta have the party of party of her life. We gotta we gotta we gotta pony up. Oh, it's interesting. It's interesting. A lot of people I mean some it started off I think with like you know, good intentions, right? Like, hey, this kid's sick. Yeah. Help I us mean, out. I don't but... wanna... I don't want to offend anybody because a lot of, probably a lot of people that listen to the show have used them, but I don't know. They pop up for uh, an increasing frequency. Yeah. Uh, so so we're back from Akron, but a lot a lot of stuff going on, a lot of things on the periphery of wrestling. Once again, want to thank uh, USA Wrestling for last week letting us announce the the Bill Zadick, the next uh, freestyle head coach. Very cool stuff. Um, Willie's got a lot of takes. Where do you want to go first here, bud? Um, I don't know. You know, well, Akron, it's a very fun time. Akron's one of my favorite events of the year. It's pushed back a little bit this year because of the whole Olympic schedule and everything. But um, fortunately, and then next week, you know, in a couple days, we're leaving for World Cup, which I got upgraded to. By the way, direct flight, first class, Austin to L.A. It's a really? It's a beautiful thing. You're going to be sitting there. You're, you and Ma, Ma, Matthew McConaughey are probably going to be up there. You know it. And, uh, but I'm, th- I, I was glad that uh, Akron got pushed back this, this year. Um, I didn't know at the time. But fortunately, our trip to Akron coincided with uh, <laughs> the Phantom Menace biker gang out of Michigan decided to hold their annual something at the Red Roof Inn in the Akron parking lot. Guys, you have no idea. All right, so <laughs> I uh, I go to check in. They got mad at me for not, like, telling them this, as if it would have changed anything anyways, like the the flow guys. So I'm going to check in, and the lady's like, ooh, it's going to be a crazy weekend. I'm like, uh, or a busy weekend, something like that. I'm like, yeah, just a lot of wrestlers. 
First of all, you pick the jankiest hotels. Listen, Red Roofs. I am not following your lead any longer. Listen, money matters, first of all. Second of all, um, Red Roof Inns are fine, typically. I stay in many a Red Roof, and they're... They are perfect for what we need. We don't need anything other than a bed. Second, this is the second trip in a row that I, I was like, oh, Christian, what hotel are you staying at? Oh, I'm staying here. Okay, I'll stay there. Oh, well, that's kind of skanktastic. Uh, but I'll stay there anyway uh, because I'll be around my friend. And I go there. <laughs> it's a disaster. Last week it was uh, – what, what was it last week? Well, I don't know. Where were a we? Body, body, a body bar in Dallas. You there was up. nothing wrong with that place. Extended stay. Willie, you are such a, a pretentious little Nancy about where you say extended stays were fine. You know what? They were good enough for Michigan. You're complaining about uh, if Coach Chirella and Alec Pantelio were staying there and you're too good for it. There's nothing wrong with extended stays. You know, and then okay. guess what? No, guess what happened? Guess what happened? Then I asked you about it after the fact. You complained about it first. Then I'm like, what's wrong with it? What's that? You're like, nah, it's fine. And I'm like, yeah, it's fine. There's nothing wrong with it whatsoever. Yeah, right. The lady said to me, first of all, I was in a whole, wholly other, a different building. Um, you know what extended stays are, right? They're like shelters for homeless <laughs> that people. That is not true. Yes, they are. That- to the extent that the lady was like, yeah, if you need your, if you need towels, um, bring them to the front desk. I'm in a different building. <laughs> what now? Now I'm gonna be, now I'm gonna be having a shopping cart full of laundry, bringing them over to the front desk. No. Willie, here's my... You know what's ridiculous? It's like, at your house, I guarantee you've used the same towel for two weeks, probably. And But but at a hotel, you need a new towel every day? Hang it up and use it again. I'm saying the point of the matter. The point of the matter is, okay, for this instance that's not even going to occur, you, you complain about something that's not even going to happen. Okay, first of all. You so... So the point Extended is, stays have kitchens. You could you could cook a meal in there. They're they're the best hotels. Yeah, that's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna go watch freaking junior finals. Come back and freaking cook steak or poire. <laughs> Be a goof. Okay. So first, all right. So item one, extended stays are perfectly fine. Item two, as are red roof ends. Okay. To, which leads me to my story. Okay. <laughs> So she's like, oh, busy weekend, busy weekend. I'm like, oh, yeah, a lot of wrestlers. Like, I'm just assuming what else could be freaking going on. She's like, no. She's like, there's a there's a biker rally in town. I'm like, oh. I'm like, oh, interesting. And she's like, yeah. And I, so I was like, you know, well, biker rallies, they normally take place at different places. So she asked him, she's like, well, where's the bike? Where's the rally at? Like, you know? And she's like, oh, in the parking lot. And she, like, busted up laughing. She's like, it's in the parking lot. I'm like, oh, okay, that's a little weird. So, biker rally, I think, you know, guys that drive Harleys and go, like, I don't know, go to, like, a restaurant or something. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not really a part of that world. But literally, when they say in the parking lot, we get back Friday night, and the loudest, most profane rap music you've ever heard in your life, at decibels on... Never before heard, like so. And there's people that can like vouch for for how loud it was. There were other wrestlers staying there, but it was so ridiculously loud. Kyle Bradley got scared. He called the front desk and asked them if they would be quiet. She's like, "Oh yeah, I'll ask them." And like they got no louder. There was like a song playing, like no quieter, no quieter. Yeah, no quieter. Insanely loud. There were various aromas 
um, that were permeating oh, yeah, yeah. throughout. I mean, like to the point that I smelled weed in my bathroom of my <laughs> hotel room. Okay, it was that strong. Like, I hope I don't get drug tested because I might pee hot just from like the contact buzz or whatever you call it. It was that pervasive throughout the. Why? The... Why does a biker gang called the Phantoms from Michigan? Have a rally in the parking lot of a Red Roof Inn in Akron. In Akron, Ohio, and this weekend of all weekends. So they they were balling out until about midnight that night. And then they said they they screamed out It was well after midnight. Okay. So then and then like we're there because we can't sleep because it's like there's the Phantom Menaces are doing what Phantom Menaces do. And they you just all of a sudden hear mount up! And like, and then like every motorcycle, they're like the mount up is like code for like let's go somewhere else. Drive drunk. Let's yeah, let's let's get a DWI, and then they just hit the road. And then they were very, it was very quiet. And then I heard a rapping on my chamber door at about six fifteen in the morning, Willie. I don't know if I told you about this. Yeah, you did. Six fifteen. I take a peek out my window because I'm like, this is strange. No one should be at my door. And a Phantom Menace and his bay are standing at my door and i'm like i think you have the wrong room and he's like my bad and then he left but that was a very i all i kind of want to tell the one story about the plunger but i don't want to embarrass that person so i don't think i will but it was a very there's a, yeah there's a story about a plunger and can i tell the story and just leave the name out you can tell what kyle bracky did oh my gosh god tell the story oh no okay oh kyle there's Brack- Kyle Bracky blew up the toilet. I don't even think, I don't even think he probably didn't even blow it up that much. It's probably red roof and plumbing. It is he, red roof and plumbing. It is red roof and plumbing. I can verify that the plumbing's not good there. So he makes he he clocks the toilet. I can't. Poor Kyle. You should not have used his name, dude. It, Why? It's awesome. All right. So he he said he sits on the bed. For like 10 minutes deliberating going across the street to the Walmart. Because the beauty of the Red Roof Inn is like basically in the Walmart parking lot. So he's like, should I go and buy a plunger? Like, because I, he just was so embarrassed to have to go to the front so desk. So embarrassed to go downstairs where this big biker gang was all at. Okay, so, alright, alright. So he ends up going. He, he neutralizes the situation. He brings the plunger back to it. And a biker, like as he hands it to the lady, the biker goes, dropping big loads. <laughs> Just like that. <laughs> Poor Bracky. He said his, he turned so red. Oh, I can't believe you used this name. That is terrible. Hey, Willie, you should be a better friend than that. But yeah. that was a hilarious that's, story. That's when I checked into my room, when I checked into my room, there was uh, several pizza boxes and change and a Q-tip on the floor. So that was uh, that was the yeah. saga that was Akron. You know what, Willie? You complain, but this is it's a great story, and you we will not forget the time that there was a biker rally in the parking lot of the hotel we stayed at for yeah, Akron. That's what. That's what. It's a. I'll accept the Red Roof Inn because you gave me a good life story, a good story. Yes, you will. I, I, I'm, I'm all about experiences. This was a, gr- it was a great time. We had fun, we had fun. And don't be, don't be pretentious about where we stay. It was sixty six bucks. You can't beat it, and you know it. <sighs> you could have stayed across the street at the Econo Lodge, which is equal, like, is which is not still not 
five stars, and it's probably like it's just as terrible. Seventy-five dollars. Just... No. Yes, it is. We stayed there the last two years. All right. Enough. Enough of you and your how spoiled I can't you are. The Red Roof Inn started lasted ten minutes. It was it was a saga. It was a saga. It was not a story. It's a saga. Okay. Now, the wrestling. Let's talk. This is a wrestling show. This is it's called Flow Wrestling Radio Live, not our Yelp review of the Red Roof. And we we've got some world teams. We got them. We got them set. Uh, there were some surprises, some not surprises. A lot of good dudes. Um, some good officiating, some not so good officiating. Um, there's a really bizarre. No, we I, listen. We get in trouble. I get in trouble. No, Christian, I get in trouble. Christian, you, you, Christian, you, Christian you. Please. Christian gets way more trouble than I do, but for talking about, we don't. We never get in trouble for talking about NCA officials. Yeah. I don't know why they don't. They don't really say anything. But when we talk about USA Wrestling officials or officials at USA Wrestling events, we get scolded like, "Why do you talk about just leave them go? Don't don't be so critical. You know you're tough on them." Um, so 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 we eased up on them a little bit, but. This has to be discussed. Uh, every college, every coach that was there was talking about it. The officiating was bad, man. It was bad. I I was some sport- of just don't know what they're doing. Yeah, some of them just don't know the rules, which is problematic. And they put a guy on the shot clock in Greco. That happened. That happened. Someone got on the shot clock in Greco. Um, yeah, there there were a number of of. <laughs> Things that weren't even like in conjunction with the rules, but I was lucky, okay, and in that I the match I was on for the big matches, like I called a quarter and semi of cadet round. I called the first round of cadet finals, and then round two of university the finals. First round, the first round of cadet finals, you said were fine. I, I I'm not gonna say they were a disaster. But I saw a lot of calls like that is that is a rookie mistake. I saw an action call when the guys were on their knees. A complete, I mean, it wasn't even close. Like I don't even know what they're doing. I saw passivity calls that were just outlandish. I was standing next to Kevin Jackson. Kevin Jackson is going to be the coach of the cadet team this year. Standing next to Kevin Jackson for the finals, and it was like the first hope high profile. It might have been Decatur and RBY, and. I looked at Kevin, I go, and, and so the officials, you know, they switch, they ro- rotate, and I, I bump Kevin, I'm like, watch this, this this official is totally out of his league here, he's gonna, he's gonna mess this up, and a minute into the match, he makes some ridiculously stupid call, and me and Kevin, me and KJ look at each other and just crack up, because it's, was, I saw this guy officiate the whole week, the whole weekend, I knew it was coming. Yeah, I... I don't know. Other than Ramo Alirez was the worst one I saw as far as they were putting Ramo on the clock and warning him for passivity completely inappropriately. Um, but, I, hey, I missed it. I, I would like you, Willie Saylor. I'm going to hold you accountable here. Y- you say you got these stories. Hit, hit me up with a link. Show me show me the finals match of cadets round one that was bad. You do that, I'll let you live. Right now, I think you're just throwing unnecessary shade. I'm going to say it. Okay. Now you're now you're the freaking union leader for the officials. Hey, Give me a, I'm gonna put. They're my people. I'm gonna I'm gonna stick to, up for them. I'm gonna stick up to, for them. You're trying to. All I'm saying, I I I like specificity. Give me some, and I'll let you live. 
right now you're just talking in very, very vague. I think it was this match. Might have been this match. I need specifics. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, my word's not good. Your word's good, but I think you're confused about a certain round. I still yeah, believe okay. that. I still believe that. There was there was ridiculous calls all week. A lot of talk uh, about this Waters Roberts Greco match, where Alan Waters um, from Missouri entered. To my knowledge, the first Greco tournament of his life. No. Or, or not of his life, but in the senior level or since graduating yeah. from Missouri, maybe. I've never... uh, I, I'm on board. I, I'm on board with the officials on this one. Yes. Yes. So it's a segue, but it's not necessarily um, an example of the officials. Yeah, this is, yeah, this is one where we're, you know, we're, we're on board with the officials. Now, so Alan Waters was dominating Dalton Roberts, right? I mean, dominating. I mean, it's like 10-1, right? But he gets cautioned out for doing this, doing that, stepping out, uh, jumping the whistle in parts here. Um, and and the rational side of you kind of wants to say, well, the ref didn't have to call them cautions. I mean, you know, the ref's deciding to match on cautions when it's clear that one wrestler was kind of superior to the other in that match. Um but these were cautions. I mean, yeah. you're asking, you're asking the official to ignore them. Right. Um, it's probably better for Alan Waters too to learn these things, right? If he wants, if he wrestles Greco in the future, and I think he could be really good in Greco in the future, um, to clean him up now, right? They, they, they were real things. They weren't like frivolous judgment call things. I don't think. No, I mean, it's the. You know, he headbutted. You know, he jumped in parterre and backing out. And all he had to do at that last exchange, he could have just, like, bailed and given up a takedown and just, like, laid there in parterre the last little bit instead of just backing out of bounds. It's just a lack of awareness on Allen's part and just not familiarity. But, you know, if they wrestle that match again, Waters makes one adjustment and he wins. He's in the finals. Like, yeah. I don't know, he was, he was vastly superior. Um so yeah, that that was a pretty controversial match, but and I'll say this too, as far as um officiating, and this this doesn't really come on the on the officials, but it's in that realm. Um, I think there needs to be a rule change where you might get one, you might get one freebie on a on an injury, but no way, no way can you be allowed multiple injury times. I mean. It, they just let it go. Yeah. It has to be like after, after your injury time, you take one injury. Okay, dude's hurt. Your 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 next one has to be a caution and one or, or or a point or something. And Brock, I I said that on Twitter, and Brock like vehemently disagreed with it. Like how can you how can you tell how can you tell if a well, guy's because hurt then Brock? basically you can reward hurting someone. Yeah. So that's not that's not good. You understand that, right? Like, uh, basically, you incentivize injuring your opponent. Uh, because you what can, you, you, can, you because can, what you want you is very like, idyllic. It's like, oh well, um, that you want it for when they just randomly call their injury time. But it's not really met. You can't really legislate that. You can't just have okay, we go out of bounds. A guy just sits down on his butt and calls injury time. It doesn't work like that. You know, they they got to do something about it. It's something there, needs... there, they, they have to. 
they may have to sit down and talk about it because but they just can't let guys take longers nonstop. Right, right. But you know what happens in international wrestling? Yes, you know, it does. I and know. They gotta, they gotta stop. Yeah, I. But I don't know what the solution is. I don't know that taking a point away is um, the option. Maybe you give give up choice, but really, no, I don't like the choice. I don't like the choice. I don't either. Because, it works in folks though because choice is choice is a potential point. That, I mean, you could you could get that option and not even be rewarded for it, right? Yeah, yeah. You know no, that's true. It, it should be a point. It should be a point. You should be penalized something. Um, yeah, it works in, in folk style because you you can get an easy get an escape. escape. Right, you can get an escape. But with this, doesn't yeah, th- that doesn't work. Um, so yeah. Hey. Okay. One one last thing on the uh, on the officiating side. Oh my! See this See, was, this was a bad one. Yeah, I'll give you this one. Pendleton we have specificity his, here. Pendleton was going out of his mind, and I think for good reason. But Ollie Pierce had Kemmer like stuck pin. Kemmer wasn't going nowhere, and he was going to stay on it, even if they didn't call the pin at that moment, which they should have because he was stuck. Um, Dang. He wasn't gonna. He wasn't gonna move for a long time. There was a lot of time on the clock. So Ollie Pierce hits Kemmer in a headlock. He's stuck on his back. The referee stops the match. Yeah. The referee he... stops the match. And for what reason? I don't know. Well, he 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 gave like a indication like that the arm was over uh, Kemmer's mouth. Like either that or he was dabbing. One or the other. I'm pretty sure he was indicating that the. Hand was covering his mouth. Whether that, I don't think that's a reason to stop the match. It's not a reason to stop the match. And then, and then, I, I don't even know if there should be a then because there shouldn't be a then. There should have been a fall. Well, I don't know what, what they were not looking at the shoulders. Anyway, to make matters worse, they come back up, and then there's a couple seconds break, and Pendleton goes, you know, parterre gives it gives a gives a symbol for parterre. Nah. Nah, we'll just go neutral. Yeah. And before Iowa fans start saying I'm picking on Iowa, I, I ran it and raved about Abinator Brooks. Abinator Brooks. That was ridiculous. What I are these refs seeing in these headlocks where they get – like when are we seeing like these injuries in when guys are on their backs in headlocks? Like, it doesn't happen. You call it potentially dangerous? Like for what? What? I, dangerous about what that. is potentially dangerous it's potentially near fall i don't get it i i that was a really bad that was probably the worst call other than the greco guy getting put on the shot clock that was by far the worst like it's caught these are college wrestlers man you, you gotta let stuff go don't be so scared he's gonna be okay Kimmer and that's like Kimmer was laying lifeless on the mat he was like sliding his hips he was trying to put a leg in he was moving around like not giving the indication like he was in like physical peril, he was trying to fight off his back, and it didn't matter. All right, that's the bad. Here's the good. Oh, our teams are nails. Our cadet world team is fire. In fuego. Fire. Kurt McHenry. Here, here's our team. Kurt McHenry. Va. Kilograms. Forty-six. Malik Heinzelman. Fifty. Aaron Cashman. Fifty-four. Roman Bravo. Young. Fifty-eight. Vitaly Raju. Sixty-three. Yanni. Sixty-nine. David Carr. Seventy-six. Travis Whitlake. Eighty-five. Jake Warner. One hundred. 
Gable Stevenson. Championship. That team is lit. Listen, McHenry was really good this year. You're talking like about a guy that's – he was a Beast of the East finalist um, at 106. He's wrestling 92 pounds. Yeah. yeah. On a world level, he's going to be really good. Heinzelman's a returning world team member and wrestling uh, amazing. Cashman was the surprise of the tournament. But listen, he'd be a returning world fifth to make the team. Yeah, and look good doing it. Did so he do I, it in two straight? I had yeah. to get up after so his first one. Yeah, so I think he's going to be fine. Roman Bravo Young uh, was named most outstanding wrestler. We'll get to that in a little bit. But um, there were three Fargo champs. There was Real Woods. That bracket was loaded. It might have been the lo- most loaded bracket of the tournament. And Roman Bravo Young torched it. Slaughter. I mean, torched it. Vitalia Raju is about as freestyle savvy as you can get. He's going to be fine. Yanni's a world champion. David Carr is fire. Travis Whitlake is one of the best kids in America nobody talks about. Kid out of Oregon. Jacob Warner, how good was he this weekend? Whoa. Amazing. I think he had one match in two styles. It wasn't a tech fall. Gable Stevens is a returning world champ. Yeah, Warner... Um... Truly impressed me, as did Whitlake, I think. Maybe. Whitlake, I just don't remember him from Fargo, and I called his match, so I feel bad about that. But he he was incredibly impressive. And Warner beating Beard like he did. Whitlake, Whitlake's kind of like a different version. I'm talking about in status in America. Whitlake was a kind of like a different version of Brady Berge because um, Brady Berge didn't have a whole lot of fanfare at the time, and he went to Fargo that one year, and he got, I'll say it, he got fluke pinned by Matt Park and ended up taking third, which kind of suppressed his status. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? At the time. I'm, I'm talking about at the time. Yeah. Um, which is two years ago yes two years ago now but travis whitlake similar thing he won folk nationals he won greco but really to to get to that next you know that that status that america knows you um you have to win freestyle right at fargo and he kind of got a fluke loss and so i think that kind of kept him a little bit under the radar but this weekend you've seen how good he was he is yeah he's outstanding that 100 bracket was great, too, with Colton Schultz, Noah Adams, and Gable. And I tell you what, Noah Adams, I only saw the first match, but I thought he really competed well with Gable. I thought it said a lot about Noah to me, how he was able to do a pretty good job holding center, which against Gable is incredibly hard to do. Um, you know, he gave up kind of one. I guess it was two step outs to one in that match. I don't know. I came away really impressed with Adams, and I think he's going to be really good. I thought he was very undersized against yeah. Gable. And, yeah, uh, I, I I was impressed too. As were college coaches, they were like, "What's up with this dude?" Well, he thrashed through Flow Nationals. Like yeah. he looked amazing there, and then he does it outstanding here. And uh, yeah, he's he's verbally committed to West gotta, Virginia. Got to be impressed. Still, obviously. Young as a cadet age. Right, right. Um, Speaking of West Virginia, uh, 
A lot of people been leaving. I don't know what to make of it. I haven't heard much, many details, but, you know, every couple weeks, you know, new kids leaving. The most recent um, departure being Austin Myers, the heavyweight, former Flow Nationals well, who champion. Left? Connor Flynn. Patrick Dugan. Dustin Gray. Um, Tyler Caldwell. And, and some, Dom Bradley. Yeah, some coaches. Caldwell, Bradley, yeah. So, I mean, that's a, that's a lot of that initial recruiting class gone. With I mean, Duggan and, and Myers were pretty big pieces of that. Duggan has since gone to Lockhaven. Dugan. Is it Dugan? Dugan. Hmm. Interesting. So Dugan, Lockhaven, Myers at Missouri now. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what's going on there. You know, it's Sammy. Sammy. I, I think Sammy is a great coach. Maybe he's too demanding for some kids. I don't know. Yeah. But that, I mean... I guess Dom went to be a coach at his high school or something. Yeah, he Dom went back home. I don't know what Tyler Caldwell is up to, but those guys. I mean, you know, there's no point in speculating why kids are leaving. Sometimes it just doesn't work out. But it's it's very it's peculiar to see that many kids leave. One an isolated one that's just natural attrition. But when it's a group and when it's coaches, it's a little different. So, yeah, uh, Austin Meyer, he's going to fill a void, right? Assuming he's a starter. Yeah. He'll, they need a heavyweight. They need a heavyweight. And Austin Myers will do the job. You know, is he an All-American contender? Not sure. Certainly not right now he isn't. But maybe he'll, he'll progress a little more at Missouri. He's obviously just a true freshman last year. So plenty of room, plenty of time to improve. Um for Myers, and uh, you got to figure training with Jaden Cox will help. On the flip side, Lockhaven with Dugan going there, they are getting a lot of talent. Uh, Haynes and 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 Marsteller. Dugan and, and Marsteller. Um, how did Haynes do this weekend? He got hurt. He, had, he got hurt. He def- uh, pretty sure he defaulted out or something. Um, which is going to be that's going to be the question for Thomas Haynes. Can he stay yeah. healthy? It's concerning. You know, it's he has not been able to thus far. All right, well, Chance certainly did well. Let's turn our attention to the university side of things. Um, I, one of the main storylines were was that Chance looked good. There was still questions about his gas tank. In fact, Jordan Burroughs even tweeted that Chance Marsteller is an amazing wrestler if he had. But to get to the next level, he has to be... Um, six minutes shape, seven minutes shape, um, which, yeah, right? I mean, there's no two ways around it. Chance Marsteller's damn good, but he often either fades or wrestles in spurts or manages his gas tank. And, I mean, he was it. He was, he was going with Imar, right? No question, no question. I think I think freestyle is Chance's best style. I'm not sure that's true yet for Isaiah. Um, so I think there were a lot of things that were helping it. I think I think Chance is going to match up better than a lot of guys do against Imar, in that he's so good upper body, he's so good with hooks, over hooks. You saw he was going feet to back on guys very consistently. Him and Tom, he had Tommy Gant in the same move. Yeah, he kind of stepped in. Um, I don't. I don't know if he. I think he was double overs. He, he's really dangerous there, right? So, 
I think there are a lot of stylistic things that helped him compete with him. And, um, you know, combine that with the fact that Chance is really good. It, it created two really competitive matches where, you know, Chance had the lead kind of late in match one. But it was kind of this, you're you're watching that match and you're like, just kind of waiting for Imar to come. Let's get off. Well, I I didn't know. I didn't think that. I, I, I was like... Chance is going to fall apart at some time because of his gas tank. And he didn't really fall apart, but he lost a match because of it. I mean, there was, a, there was a couple times in each match that he couldn't defend because he was spent. He gave up a really easy takedown a couple times, right? Yeah, but Imar's going to get his, you know, and that, that's part of what that's, that's what he does. He gets. Uh, yeah, Imar's going to get his, but I'm talking about a go behind. Like when Chance just couldn't circle anymore. I mean, he was just spent. Okay. Right. What I was impressed with, what I was impressed with Imar is those front head pinchers. I didn't. Chance, is, Chance knows that position, right? So for him to do that to Chance, I, I'm like, he must have been doing it right, and he must be strong as an ox. Yeah, no no question. No question. That was that was a definite takeaway as well. I thought, thought Imar looked really filled out at 74 kilograms 163 and a half pounds i mean i i think i think he's just gonna get better as he's able to pack more muscle i think it'll i wrote about this that like could he become like more dynamic moving up a weight could he become more powerful and i think i think there's a, a good chance that that happens i think he's gonna do fantastic he said he only trained for a couple of weeks freestyle specifically That's what, yeah um mark perry said that too that they didn't put a whole lot of time into it, um, but <laughs> you wouldn't have known it. No, you wouldn't have known it. I, I not think by, not by Imar and not by Zane Richards. Good lord, talk about Zane Richards. <sighs> I I have a lot of thoughts on this. All right, well that's what the, you have a show to you have a show. I should start a, I should start a radio show. <laughs> um, so I can't help but feel like. Tyler Graff isn't our best guy there, but hey, the rules say you have to win two out of three matches, and Zane sure as heck freaking did it. And I, I was, I think, I think Zane beating Graff is maybe. I think that's the biggest upset of the tournament when you can when you compare freestyle resumes, when you consider what Tyler Graff's been able to do in freestyle. That to me. Cadet side, university side, biggest upset is good. I mean, I know Zane Richards is a Fargo champ. And I know he's an NCAA All-American. But when you look at Tyler Graff's wins and the guys he's beaten, he might have been my first pick to to take the spot. Um, so freestyle savvy and experienced. And like you said, the list of guys he beat. I mean, it's, it's almost amazing that he's not made a team. He hasn't made a team. I mean... Daniel Dennis, this year, he's beaten Logan Stebert, Nashawn Garrett, um, Matt McDonough, Nick Simmons a couple times. Like, uh, that's... That always falls short. He does. He has... I mean, at the trials, one loss, right? He only lost... He lost, to, he, De he lost to Dennis. Didn't he just torch everybody on the way back? Yeah. And that was another thing. He he got turns. Don't get me wrong. This tournament. he But he was not tech-lacing dudes like he had. He was not... Um, gutting guys like I'd seen him do before, like he wasn't getting his turns like he normally does. I don't even think, but I don't even think he looked right in the finals. I thought he looked not good. I thought he looked fine in 
in match one and even match two, he was getting his. Oh, yeah, yeah. The match three. Match three, he couldn't get anything going. He didn't do anything. No. I, I think um, I credit I credit Zane and, and Coach Perry for having, and Coach Heffernan for coming up with a pretty darn good game plan. I think he struggled out of the underhooks against uh, against – Against Zane when he put him on him and he, he didn't make the adjustments and so good good for Zane man he he was the deserved OW on the university side I think Tyler maybe would be our better option over season that starts that whole conversation again you know you know I'm almost taking the body of work side uh, right now but at the same time uh, I'm loving that Zane Richards is on this team because I think he's got great heart and I think he, he can execute a game plan really well mm-hmm. whereas I don't know that is if that's 100% true for Graf I know he can beat some good guys can he put together an entire tournament is a is another thing altogether so, um, before we start talking about other guys and I'd li- I would like to talk about Kaladzic and Kaibin and, and Morgan and Nika a bunch of these guys um, for some of these college kids how do you think this affects their timeline, their season, because Turkey University Worlds is October twenty fifth to thirtieth. Is that cool? Is that kosher? That's uh, I don't know, man. That's tough. That's I mean, they start practices start like the next week. Now, I you would assume that coaches would give their guys time off after that. And I, I, I mean, I would, right? You go to you go to Turkey the last week of October. You come back and your and your season starts. I'm resting a dude. I'm resting those dudes. Take a couple weeks. You you know, I remember you me- you recall after Gabe Dean, he won Junior World Bronze, then that next year, he took some losses. You know, he lost it. Lost well, he took two losses in Vegas. And he, but he just didn't look right. He didn't look himself. And it was kind of speculated and later kind of, you know, mentioned that you know, the that summer is a long summer and it takes it out of you and he never really fully got it back or, or hadn't really recovered at that point. And then he took some time and got better and he won NCAAs. So you think, you know, now that was when junior worlds were in like August or September. Now this is late October. It's a little dicey. Now of the team, Zane, Kolodzik, Imar, are the only three that are still wrestling in college. So it's yeah, yeah. three of the whatever, eight. So that's good. Well, yeah, and uh, okay. Also, finish your point about the timeline. So the timeline, you know, okay, th- these guys are fatigued. They're training through the whole summer because they want to win Worlds, and then you know, their bodies don't fully get to recover. And then by the time de- early December rolls around, hey, it's time to compete. you got to go to Vegas. And they're not really ready to go. And um, so for that reason, you know, it, it, I think we'll probably see these guys get sad a little bit early in the year. Or at least given reduced training regimens. But at the end of the day, it's a pretty big deal to make this team. I mean, yeah, I would. There's a lot of the guys from the at Worlds are legit. Dennis I mean, Sargouche went one it's year. Not, it's not a, not a gimme tournament. It's a really good competition. Um, and that's what I meant, though, Christian. I wrote in the in our notes why not more more participation, and you wrote like a wise guy. 
is this serious? They average 71 per weight. I'm not talking about quantity. I'm talking about why not why not Zane Rutherford and Anthony Ashnall and I mean you, you go on and on and say other guys that could have competed for this this team that didn't. Zane's Zane is likely one going to be training. He's the number 2 for our Olympic team. Okay, okay, let's not say Zane. Okay, let's say, say someone else. Ashnall. I, I don't care. Michich. Michich, Ashnall. I, uh, I, I have no idea what's happened there because this is a guy that was Johnny Freestyle. All he wants to do is wrestle freestyle. Hey, but he didn't. So he's a unique one in that he didn't go out for juniors and his last year of junior eligibility. So it was just assumed. I was like, well, if he ain't going to go out for the junior world team, he's not going to come out for university world team, which was the case. I don't know. He says he wants to win NCAAs. I don't blame him. Um, that's what's paying his scholarship. That's what's paying his bills. And, um, you know, that's that's his choice to make. I think that's why he made that choice. Ashnall, I think Ashnall wants to make the senior world team at 61. Gotcha. Um, so as far as I, I thought there was pretty good participation. Almost every team, and you don't know where these guys are health-wise either. You know, I was talking with a yeah. coach. I was talking with a coach, and I'm like, how things been going, how the guy's doing. He's like, well, a lot of them are just coming off surgery, coming off, you know, they're getting knees cleaned up. They're getting, you know, they're just, they're recovering from the six month grind that is the NCAA season. But you know, the big team, almost every team is sending meaningful competitors. You know, Iowa sending guys, Penn State sending guys, Missouri is probably one of the only power schools that didn't. I know, but right, I guess what I'm saying is, where was Thomas Gilman? I don't know. Train. He wants to make. Uh, wants to yeah, win NCAA. Okay, but Christian, you're you're taking this. You're taking this. I'm saying Michich. I'm saying Zane. I'm saying Gilman. I'm saying, and you're taking it. You're taking this like on a person by person level. I'm saying holistically. I just think there should have been, not I. Sh I shouldn't say should have been. I just say they could have been. A lot more stars that were eligible to compete here that didn't go. Yeah, I mean for whatever reason. There there might be a myriad of reasons. But now. That being said, I love the team. The team's great. Team, the team is is outstanding. I mean, I mean, you're talking Nico's about... won this like three times now. By the way, yeah, he, he won it three times. Nico, I mean, you're talking about a guy that was, uh, you know, a one-zero match with with Ramos for the world team a couple years ago, and uh, you know, it's a, it's a great team. I think Morgan's going to be great at 86 kilograms. Uh, Yo, I. I... Wisdowski is Wisdowski's all the faith in the world in him. Um, Adam Hall, it's a great team. It's a great team, and I'm not saying I'm not saying that if there was other guys in this field that this list wouldn't have been this this list would be different. The list of champions. Yeah. Um, I'm just saying a lot of guys didn't compete that could have. Yeah. And, and I think maybe, maybe it's a timeline. I'm sorry to cut you off. Maybe it's a timeline, and maybe it's a product of. Um, the college season is too darn long. The college season, right? There's guys getting surgery. Half the freaking country is getting surgery because they decide to wrestle the college season for eight months. Yeah, I mean, I think you think of guys like Gilman and Nato. It's their senior year. They're, they're well, it's not Nathan's. It's Thomas's senior year. You know, gonna try and make a team. He's made his junior world team. I don't know why Thomasello wasn't there. Um, yeah. 
I, I get what you're saying, but I think this field is on par with what we typically see. And not even thinking about last year, it's certainly better than the field last year. But in years past, I think it, it's right up there. And you, you can't make a team every year, you know. It's just I, maybe it's just too much wrestling. I don't know. But yeah. like you said, the team is really good. I I really want to see what Morgan McIntosh does. Not just at World. I I'll put it out there. I think Morgan McIntosh going to win a University World Title. Put that I'll put that on wax. But I'm going to say I want to see what he does at the senior level. I think I think he's super interesting. I think as he kind of gets back to his freestyle roots, which is where he really kind of made a name for himself, winning Fargo brackets at 215 and 189, and we see he's a 189 pounder right now. Yeah, it's a much more ideal weight. It's a more I, ideal weight. I see. I think. I think the skill set is better. I think he's so I, good head pinch. He's so good with a gut. He's such a good um, scrambler. He can get to legs. He can hold position. I think his skills are personified in freestyle more so than folk. Even though he was a great scrambler and top wrestler. Yeah, you know, I, I never kind of – I do and don't understand Morgan at 97 in college. I understand it because he's good enough to do – have the great career he did. Um, I understand it because of the composition of Penn State's team. But – so I, I get it, right? I'm not second-guessing Morgan or K. You got a plan? What I'm saying is <laughs> – I got a plan. I'm saying in a more ideal world – I think it would have been more – ideal. Morgan McIntosh individually as an 84 pounder. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, maybe that's true. That's true. Um, he is quite big, though. I mean, I know he's short, but he's pretty thick. So I really want to see what Morgan does the next couple of years or so. I I think he could be. I think he could be a contender. I mean, we've seen he's beaten Jaden Cox. He's wrestled with Jaden Cox before. I don't think he he's as good as Jaden. But man, I'd like to see what he can become down there at 86. I mean, him versus Taylor, oh, him versus Dake. I, w- I want to see these matches because I think mm-hmm. he's in that tier on that level, no question about it. Um, good job, Morgan McIntosh. You're the man. Uh, let's. Do you want to get some guys that are maybe not finalists? Maybe they were. I, I want to talk about Kimmer, Kimmer Sorensen a little bit. We mentioned Kimmer's yeah headlocks that wasn't. Where he beat uh, Pierce, um, but they he wrestled Sorensen, and this is a match that Iowa fans have been talking about a lot, and it, it was getting a little. I I may have mentioned this on radio before, when I did their lineup look like. The people I'm talking to, it's like yo, Kimmer might be, he might be on Sorensen's level right now. He might go 49, and and Sorensen will have to go up, and. Uh, I, I think the reasons I thought Sorensen would be better, I think were found out. I think he was a little too good positionally. I think it was a little too hard for him to score on. I thought when Kimmerer opened up, Sorensen exploited his mistakes well. And I think that Sorensen is the guy that should probably stay at 49 for Iowa. So that's that was my takeaway from yeah. their match. I, I had, I, I don't know if you've heard my commentary on Kemmer. I, I I am sky high on him, right? I think he's I think he's a surefire AA. I, I think his upside is as good as anybody's. Um that being said, I thought he had sort of an, an up and down weekend um when I when I watched him wrestle Ollie Pierce and I was like, eh, I don't know. Not a not a great match. Um 
And then he pretty much destroyed Kalika. Yes, he did. Well, but you know what? Any Kalika result, maybe it's fair, maybe it's not. Grain of salt for me. Because I've seen Kalika look absolutely amazing when he wants to be amazing. And I've seen Kalika um, underwhelm. I... I... I can't fi- I can't figure Kalik out either. I, you know, there's times where I think Kalik is gonna be great. Kalik is a contender, and there's other times. I mean, I'll just I'll say this. <laughs> he was an All American last year with a deep run, and that was by far the most tumultuous and and trepidatious run. Trepidatious. Like, he could have he could have lost any of those matches. He got he had several breaks. Uh, so yeah, he, it, it, it's tough to figure Kalika out when he's on, when he's not, and and it, it, you know take a grain of take it with a grain of salt. But he did dominate Kalika. He did. He did. Yeah. I mean, it still has value. I mean, someone that beats Kalika is typically good at wrestling. So I I think I just think it makes sense for Iowa. This is just my my take. Sorensen's gonna make the finals again at 149, probably. Who's gonna be? Who's gonna come out of redshirt and beat Brandon Sorensen? Who's gonna emerge as a better guy? I don't think we're gonna see one. And I think he, does, if he, he doesn't make a whole lot of mistakes. He he doesn't make mistakes. He knows how to beat those guys at that field at 157. Brandon Sorensen, Joe Smith, uh, Brandon Sorensen, Jason Nolf. No way. That's not happening. That is. There's. That's not happening. Okay. So I think you really limit it. Limit. Brandon Sorensen's ceiling if you bump him up. And I think... But then where does that put Kimmer in the pecking Kimmer order? Kimmer put him at 57. Now, where he fits, I don't know. Um, but you have surefire points with Sorensen. Surefire points. I could see Kimmer getting 8th at 149 next year. Um, I could see him placing pretty high. I'd be surprised. But you can't, but you can't see Sorensen doing anything worse than 2nd. Or Yeah. Right? You, you can't honestly give... You can't give a real prediction that's rooted in anything we've seen that has Sorensen outside of second, other than predicting something that is completely unpredictable, right? So with, with that information, I think Sorensen, 49, Kimmer, 57. I like Kimmer's, Kimmer's frame also, but we'll see. I What I don't, what you wonder about is, what if they have this, like, competition? Like, I will do this, like, the, hey, we'll have it out. We'll compete. We'll send them to Midlands. We'll use them in duels, and then we'll figure it out. Or is this something where they'll have made a decision by the preseason? Cameron will be like, all right, I'm going up. Or Sorensen will be like, all right, I'm going up. And then it's decided because I think whoever, if they do the, if they go the route of we're going to compete for the same spot and one of them's holding 49, then you're really limiting how they do at 57 later because they're not going to be full size. Yeah. Do you have any intel on what they want to do? Like, does Sorensen prefer one weight or the other? I I I don't know. I I want to say I've heard that Kimmer would like to go forty nine, and I haven't heard that Sorensen wants to make any changes. I think they probably both ideally would like to be one forty nine pounders next year. But I so, but I don't know that to be true. I don't have that verified. But that's just what I've what I've heard. So that's that's my take on that situation for Iowa, and it's a big one. You know, that's a there's not a lot of teams with a which way are they going to go. We're not a lot of elite teams like Penn State. You you pretty much know what they're going to be doing, and Ohio State you pretty much know what they're going to be doing as well. But 
with this one, two guys competing for a spot. It's a pretty big story. All right, other guys, um, you know, Nico, other non-champs. Nico's fine. Zane did great. Kolodzik, Kolodzik's been – I'm very proud of Matt Kolodzik making a, a world team. He's been so close so many times, and he got this one. Um, Kyvin, Kyvin actually got thrown by Nico Reyes. That was kind of crazy, but, um, you know, Kyvin, Kyvin was a better wrestler overall. Quiz is fine, but what about some of the non-champ? Uh, how about what did you think of Jared Cortez? Thought he looked great. I thought, um, thought he was getting the legs really well. I liked some of the stuff. I like seeing some of his pass by stuff. Um, I think he's gonna be pretty freaking good next year at one thirty-three. I I believe he's a little more slender and slight than I recall because I remember. Yeah, I was the only one maybe saying this, but I was like, well, I could see. He's got length. He's a little rangier. He could go up to 41. Uh, no. He, that's a 33-pounder right there. Cool. Yeah, keep, I, I, keep cool. I was in the same boat as you. I thought he was big enough to be a 41, and I thought a 33 would be a tough cut. But he looked fine, right? Yeah, I didn't think he looked overly big. I mean, he didn't look as big as Tyler Graff or Zane or, or those guys. I mean, he is a, a, a more slender guy. But I, I think Jared is going to be... Pretty super next year at 133. Title contender, not going to go there. Not going to put him in that Clark and um, whoever else class. But you know who else I thought, I thought looked good? I, I, thought, I thought Tanner Hall is starting to mature physically. He used to be kind of like just, just, just a, a, a baby man growing into his body. And now he, he's, he's a little... He's getting a little bit more muscular. I thought he looked good. I I did too, but at the same time, he's wrestled. He wrestled Gwiz to, and a lot of people may or may not remember this. He wrestled Gwiz to a really close match uh, at the Midlands Finals. Yeah, no, I don't think I'm really basing it on that but final. He, yeah, yeah. So he beat Ty Walls, which is someone he's lost to twice in folk style. Uh, I th- I think he's coming along. I think. I think slowly these pieces are coming together for Arizona State next year, and I think Hall's probably going to be an All-American next year. I feel pretty confident in that, just with his progression. Um, I think I think he's good. I think Tanner Hall's really good. I was disappointed on the Arizona State front that Ali Nasir got injured and wasn't able to come. This is someone that beat Nathan Tomasello, Coleman Scott in freestyle. I wanted to see... His progression the last couple months is he's likely to be the 33-pounder for Arizona State, a team that's going to have some guys next year. As they're, yeah. All right, let me tell you about the best part of the week. The best part of the week oh gosh. for me was not – I mean, it was a weekend filled with bests. I mean – Best Red Roof fan. The, the biker gang, the, the, the uh, watching Golden State demolish – Oh. Demolish Cleveland Twice. in in Akron. Um, we were in Akron. Um, the the Cadet World Team, which I'm thrilled to go overseas with and watch compete. But uh, the piece de resistance for me was that USA Wrestling asked Richard Immel, and I didn't know this. I didn't know this. Apparently, USA Wrestling asked Richard Immel who should be OW for the cadets, and he said Yanni. 
Come on. So then, so rookie then move, some, Emil. Somebody came and asked me. Um, USA Wrestling came and asked me. Said, "Willie, who, who's your pick? Who would you pick for OW?" And I said, "I would pick Roman Bravo Young." That bracket was absolutely loaded. There was, there was two other Fargo champs, including himself. Um, there was it was so loaded, and he just demolishes the whole way through. And so they announced, they announced it the, uh, the, over the loudspeaker, the, the OW, most outstanding wrestler for the cadet division, Roman Bravo Young. So Zeb tweets, Zeb tweets Willie greater than Richard Immel, and I thought that was a, just a general statement of, uh, because that's fact. And um, little did I know, Richard comes over and he's like, hey, you're a goof. And I'm like, I'm like what are you talking about? He's like, I said Yanni, and they they took your decision. And so for me, that was great satisfaction. Richard, let the record state that my opinion is greater than yours. Wow, that was a pretty easy one. That's just that's just a rookie move by Emil. You gotta go with the guy that navigates a field of that magnitude. Um, so yes, kudos to you. Congratulations. This Ariel Hawani stuff. Holy cow! This has been pretty crazy. It's been kind of dominating. MMA conversation, really. For yeah, I think I mean you know, you might you might wonder why we're talking about the Ariel Hawani stuff um, on a wrestling show, but I think it's I think it's important, right? I think it's important for journalism well, and well, I don't like to be put in a box. First of all, we'll talk about whatever the freak we want to talk about, and you'll love it. Okay, so deal with that. Number one, okay. number two, the you know, MMA and wrestling. There's a significant amount of crossover in that wrestlers are destroying the MMA and like they're the best fighters. So there's a lot of overlap there. But Ariel breaks the Brock Lesnar is fighting UFC 200 and UFC they, got very mad and they take him right out of the arena. They're like, happen. Ariel, you're out. Which is, which on its end is like, oh wow, that is bad. This is the most recognizable journalist in MMA getting chucked out for reporting news, but I, I don't know if he's as blameless and, and the martyr that maybe he's being made out to be for this. Oh, he's cashing checks from him. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're paying you. So, I mean, they, they probably, when you're their employee, there, there's some expectations there and that, you know, you will go through the proper channels. You put yourself in that situation where, okay, I'll take this check, I'll take this money, then you got to accept when that employer is not happy with your work or with you not going through them to break a story. And for that reason, you know, they sent a message. Now, the UFC probably in defense, defense mode, because they do look bad in this still, even though maybe you could say it's justified, they've since given Helwani his credentials back. Yeah, they had to. There was gonna be there was gonna be a major pushback by all media, including to the extent to the extent that maybe they would black him out, boycott him, and not provide any coverage. I mean, you just can't you just can't kick a journalist out just because they did they broke a story that you didn't want to have broken yet. That I mean, basically, you need to run a tighter ship and not let that let not let that stuff leak. Yeah. Yeah, that's truly the, the but, but however, but, however, what if what if this just plain devil's advocate, um, you came into contact with this information because you're not supposed to break it. You're not supposed. Well, it's 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 a wholly different story. It's 
the situation is wholly different if you're amongst the UFC guys, I mean UFC personnel, and it's understood like, you know, we're going to break the UFC itself is going to break the story. We Aaron have a North. marketing plan around it. Right, and then you go and do it anyway. If you specifically cross those lines, then, then uh, it's understood now. I mean, who knows what the case was. Right. So he got chucked, but now he's back in. Um, you know, I, the, I th the UFC is just a walking headline machine. There's always some drama on the periphery. I mean, that's, that's, what, that's one of the things. When it first happened, I was like, Maybe and, and Ariel was, you know, Ariel was paid by them. It's like, are they just? Is this whole thing a gimmick? I mean, I, I think uh, I I believe so. I think the whole thing was maybe not orchestrated because I think Ariel was truly hurt. But they're like, watch this because I mean, you're the UFC. Do you have to have this dramatic leave the arena immediately, escorted out, or it's like he leaves? It's like, all right, Ariel, like call call him Monday, Ariel. You're done. No more credentials. This is over. Okay. But they do it in the most dramatic fashion ever. He calls Dana or Dana calls him like to speak with him. He's escorted out. It's to like the extent too, to the extent too, Christian, that a guy won a belt, a guy won a belt at that time. And Dana wasn't, instead of being in the octagon, putting the belt on the new champ, he was outside of the octagon, escorting Ariel out. <laughs> Crazy, crazy. Like, is that big of? Uh, it's not even that serious, but it apparently was, and they weren't, they were none too pleased with it. All right, what do we got for the rest of the week, brother? World Cup live on Flow. That is happening, one hundred percent. We are super excited to be streaming that. It'll be my first World Cup. I am once again on the road. You're coming too, though, right, Willie? L.A. No California love. No you leave Friday too, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Get there. I don't have – I'm not on that uh, that direct flight first class, first class life like you. But I do – I do. I believe I have group one uh, boarding now. So that's pretty exciting. Congrats. Kudos to you. <laughs> yeah. I get, I get upgraded. Like it wasn't even like an expensive flight. It wasn't like – you know, it wasn't like I'm a baller and paid $1,000 for a direct flight in first class. I paid like – Three hundred and seventy dollars for a regular ticket, and got up, and it was a direct flight, and I got upgraded. I've never in my life flown first class. You still haven't? You don't get because you, that's that's because you're a goof. You you fly all these stupid airlines, I and you accumulate no no status. Well, one, you're you're incorrect. American is a very large airline. Number one, number two, Delta doesn't. I can't get Delta flights out of where I live. I live here. Move out of, move out, out of Hillbilly Village. I'm going to need you to put some respect on Stanton's name right now. Put some respect on their name or I'm not, or you're not, or you're in trouble. Are you moving to Austin? I'm going to call you to, I'm going to call you into the principal's office. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. Time will tell. Who knows what tomorrow holds, Willie? Recent, recent news suggests that the Russian World Cup lineup will be changing. That's a freaking that's a freaking soap opera. Good God! I wonder. I wonder. I wish they would send their. Could you imagine if? Could you imagine if Flo was like Russia in Russia? It would be a soap opera, not uh, nonstop. Dang, we can We should get a Russian correspondent, just to like, get us the drama. I mean, it's a, it's amazing the 
the junk that's going on there. G- Gadisov's in the World Cup lineup. I saw. Is that yeah. possible? That'd be pretty good. We gotta. Uh, I hope. I hope. Allegedly. Supposedly, Lebedev's back in the mix. Lebedev. Oh, they... look, you gotta listen. You gotta listen to Malicious Intent with Rovat. Okay. Because Rovat explained it, so he's like very in touch with like the Russians. He lived there for a while. And he was saying something like. You know, Mike Mal was bringing up how Lebedev, like, said he gave his spot back. But that was, like, totally, like, a political move by Lebedev to do that, to say, I don't accept this. Because, basically, that'll put him in the mix in Poland. They'll let him wrestle off there. So, basically, that was the right move. So, he's going to refuse, quote, refuse the spot, but not really, because they weren't going to send him probably anyways. So... Now he just gets to go in the mix at Poland where they're going to send a lot of their guys for like three or four different weights. Russia's going to send dudes at Poland and how they do there um, will determine their team, which I think if we were going to, if there's a lot of talk about, and there's been a very frequent conversation about who we send and how we, how we select our guy. I would be, I think, okay with take the trials winner all right, now we're going to go scrap overseas and see how you really do. We're going to see how Kyle Dake and Jordan Burroughs and Andrew Howe stack up in a tournament and how Frank Molinaro, Logan Steve, or Reese Humphrey, Aaron Pico stack up in a tournament. And for, so, so using the trials as a starting point, Willie, and then, okay, in a couple months, nah. let's see. I, do, I, I don't hate that. I don't hate that. I do hate – I oh, do. What are you going to do? Well, okay, this guy takes second in this one. He takes fourth. Yeah, takes a – Ninth in this one, and then we're gonna do get an algorithm together to say what what guy really was the best. Well, I th- I think it's I think it's kind of obvious. Like, all right, if one of them goes and wins it, another guy doesn't place. That's obvious. But if uh, let's say you got the trials winner gets tenth, and the guy that was a runner up ends up eighth or whatever. All right, you're still sticking with the trials. No one separated themselves and nah. this guy won the how about, how about you just how about you just have a trials in which the matches aren't fixed? Okay. Well, we do that in America. Yeah, and it's fine. Okay. Well, and our lineup our lineup is fine. The only reason they have to freaking keep Levitev in the mix is cuz they freaking bought his matches. Yeah. Yeah. So he's in the mix. I I don't know if Musakayev is just staying out like just outright refusing. Which I think is foolish because he could certainly be the guy, but and maybe Ortar Sultanov is still in the mix as well. Um, but I would not be opposed to that. I would be opposed to okay in November you won a tournament in Ukraine and that should matter in the like you should have a leg up in the Olympic trials or something. No, I don't. I don't agree with that. Um, you ready to go? All right, you, you're, fine. You got grumpy that last bit. Willie got because I don't want because I don't want to go back to this. I don't want to go back to this. Okay. I don't want to, I don't want to go back to this. Uh, how we choose our team is wrong, because we got the best team. Best team. The, best team in America. Best team in America. Okay. Still, still, from all the people, from all the people that are complaining about our trials process, name the guy that shouldn't be on the team. What is your problem with any of the guys that are on our team? No problem. Well, they won't do it. They won't do it. All right, the outro music is playing, Willie. Bye. Goodbye. Thank you. Thank you for listening. We'll be doing this next Thursday, which is two days from now. So by next, I mean two days from now. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Later.